On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder not being a very good Marvel movie. We're also going to be talking about the wedding that I attended and how weddings are, in a weird way, their own kind of love story. And we're going to be talking a little bit about why One Piece is still really, really good. This and more coming up on The Story They Tell. Hello, my name is David Shire, and welcome back to The Story They Tell, the number one storytelling podcast in the world. That's right, I brought this joke back. Uh, I missed a week uh, on the podcast. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, pretty much, I'm pretty sure that nobody noticed because not a lot of people read this podcast. Um, yeah, so I was gone for the week. I attended a my best friend's wedding, and it was maybe one of the most amazing and most beautiful events that I have ever been to in my entire life. First off, I was the best man, so that's... Uh, that comes with a lot of responsibility. Uh, for those who don't really know me, I can be kind of a goofy guy. I can be kind of weird, and I could definitely like exaggerate. Uh, I was joking a lot during the wedding that um, there's this. I have to deliver this best man speech, and uh, I wanted so so. I would joke around with literally everybody that I was going to include a joke about his ex girlfriend. <laughs> every time I did it, and the reason why I kept bringing it up is because everybody would be so mad at me <laughs> about about even mentioning his ex girlfriend at the wedding. It looked like it was like the quickest way to get people to look like they're going to choke me out. And obviously, I didn't do that during the best man speech. Uh, I was in charge of holding on to the wedding rings and the vows, and uh, that was very nerve-wracking in a lot of different ways. Uh, the wedding rings especially, I ended up putting them in my front pocket, and I remember when I pulled them out to present the rings uh, for the couple, uh, just checking it constantly, just checking it constantly, and when it was finally time, I literally just grabbed the rings out of my pocket and I just threw them in my best friend's hand, because I was like, this is way too much. That is like $3,000 worth of stone and diamond, and I want that out of my hand as quickly as humanly possible. Um, as, as far as the vows were concerned, I ended up getting the vows actually stuck a little bit in my back pocket. I remember... I remember like there's like a quick um, like emotional minute where I ended up putting it in my back pocket and the back pocket had like a little button on the back of it uh, to make sure that it was more secure um, but this made it more frustrating to get it out uh, I ended up I ended up like grabbing onto it and I remember it kind of getting caught on the sides and I remember for a brief second like panicking for like just the briefest of seconds but luckily I was able to get that out and get that into his hands as well the vows were absolutely stunning and absolutely beautiful and honestly it was one of these moments again like I feel like I feel like if you've been listening to the podcast enough, like the two moments that have changed my life the most is probably the cruise that I took. I kind of reevaluated re like what do I what do I want to do with my life? I want to travel more. I want to do more things that are more adventurous. And probably this, I would put this as like one of these days that like kind of changed my life because as I was as I was sitting there, as I was watching my best friend get married, uh, I just kind of realized very very somberly that this is really like a big moment in my life you know like I'm 26 years old I'm like you know I'm still single myself but watching my friend get married realizing that he's gonna one day have kids of his own uh, we're gonna be telling his kids how awesome this wedding was and we're just gonna be you know photos in a scrapbook to me that was just such an interesting thought and how this wedding in a way is kind of becoming its own like little story arc you know weddings Weddings to me, I, I, you know, like, you know, you go to weddings as like a kid and as like a high schooler and you just kind of go for the food. You kind of go because you want to like celebrate and have a party. But this is really like, uh, it really felt to me like 
what we were exploring and what we were celebrating was the story of my best friend's love uh, to his wife and his wife's now well, now wife's best uh, love towards him. And it was just this really beautiful. I don't know. It was just really beautiful, and it kind of made me. Now, in a year where last year my parents getting divorced, in a year where things didn't quite turn out the way that I wanted it to, to kind of experience that in that moment, it kind of gives me hope for the future, you know? Like, at least, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit too sentimental and too cheesy, but it really was, it really was a special moment. Uh, there was a lot of things I did uh, in the bachelor party as well. Uh, there, I ended up ju- uh, doing cliff jumping for the first time in my entire life, um, and uh, I would not recommend doing it again. It only uh, we ended up jumping off of this one building that was maybe three or four, like maybe three stories tall. Like not not building. We ended up jumping off this cliff that was like three stories tall. And uh, let me tell you, uh, they say that you need to hit when you when you jump off a cliff, you need to like hit it with your feet first. Uh, and it, that's a very important advice because I ended up jumping off this cliff and uh, I ended up going a little bit sideways and hitting my chest and my leg and it just, and my head and it just, it just hurt. It felt to me that I had gotten my second concussion in like two weeks because of how much it hurt when I hit that water. But luckily I was able to get a bit of a drone shot. Um, I also saw how like how tubby I am. So I've been going, I've been trying to make an effort to go to the gym more, but uh, that's a separate, that's a whole separate thing that I'm hopefully hopefully working on. Uh, It's been, so that was really fun. I ended up playing a game of bowling. Uh, I might post the image of what happened in the bowling game. So what ended up happening was that we ended up playing this game and uh, we played one game, one round. It was just perfectly fine, perfectly normal. And I was doing actually pretty well. This was probably like, I I think I scored a 123, which is pretty good for me in bowling. Uh, And then this other guy in the group, he ended up scoring about a 53. And so all of a sudden this idea of a bet comes up and we're talking, we're saying like, okay, maybe we should do like monetarily like first person gives like $20 maybe the next person has to uh, has to uh, pay for the meal and then finally somebody speaks up and it, or my my best friend Brian he speaks up and he's like ah like let's just let's do like let's put some skin in the game uh, literally like whoever whoever loses this uh, this next bowling match whoever comes in dead last has to wear a crop top for the rest of the day where there's a dollar store right next to us uh, we'll get the, some scissors and we'll have to ruin one of our shirts now luckily I was uh, well not to spoil anything but we we go ahead and we play the game and I am not a very clutch bowler like bowling is the one sport where I feel I am the least clutch uh, there's just something about like the ball and not really and the accuracy and I, I just I can't I can't quite comprehend what it is in my mind that I can't get with like kind of these bowling type sports I'm also kind of the same when it comes to um, pool I'm not a very good pool player uh, there's a couple of moments where I'll hit a really really good shot uh, but then that moment will pass and then uh, that's kind of how I am in pool and that's kind of how I am in bowling but I'm still on my way path uh, to get to 100 points, and the only person, there's only one person ahead of me, and we get to the uh, the 10th frame, and I feel like I have a shot. Like, the, like I'm still dead last. I've been dead last the entire game, and I've been sweating about it, uh, but I feel like if I, as long as I get a spare and then maybe potentially a strike, then I am in the clear, right? So I throw my first ball, and I end up hitting, I believe eight pins. I end up hitting eight pins. The only pins that are left are the seven and the eighth pin, I think. So basically the pins were standing like side by side. So one in the front and then one slightly back and to the right, to the left actually. So maybe it was like the seventh and the, um, 
No, maybe it wasn't the seventh. It was like the fifth and seventh pin. All right, that's how I will say it. So anyway, so basically these pins are standing side by side. Uh, you have to hit it in a slight angle so that the one pin pushes into the other. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, this is easy, easy territory, right? Like, I, I should be able to hit a spare for this, right? Right? And so I throw the ball... And the dang thing, it hits the first pin, and then, like, the pin just lightly taps the other pin, and it does not go down. And then that's it. Like, that's my entire game. And so <laughs> so I end up, like, walking around to different restaurants, to different, um, to well, to the cliff jumping place. I had a hike with a crop top. And, like, uh, I had to go to a virtual reality simulator with a crop top on. And it was just, it was just, oh, it was so stupid, but it was so fun. Like, I ended up being a good sport about it. Uh, it's definitely one of the more embarrassing things I've ever done. Like th- that's like legitimately embarrassed me. Like there's not a lot of things that I I've done where like I could say, oh, that was an embarrassing moment. But this is like the moment now that I could say for sure is like my most embarrassing moment because it, it, it is weird just walking around it, uh, in Southern California with a crop top. And uh, it was kind of nice. It was a very hot day, so I was able to you know like uh, get out of that that situation. Uh, but overall, just I wouldn't recommend it. Um, as far as like storytelling goes, and let's break that back into like the actual podcast and talk about and talk about an, uh, a movie that I watched recently. Uh, this movie, of course, is uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Now, when I watch a movie. I, I go through a process of watching a movie and this is like this is just my process it's something that I do where I watch a film and then sometimes what I'll do is I'll like watch different reviews and different reactions to see if my reaction is completely justified and the reason why I do this is not so that I can steal content and like come up with ideas and original things to say for my show uh, but the reason why I do this is because I try to look at things from multiple perspectives right uh, I try to I try to my best to see things in different lights and see if there is really more more value than I'm giving it credit for. Because when I walked out of Thor Love and Thunder, I thought I saw maybe the worst Marvel movie of all time. And that was kind of my feeling going out. And looking back on it now and like giving myself time, a little bit of time to reflect, that's definitely not true. There's definitely been worse Marvel movies. But I will say that I don't think a movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has disappointed me quite as much as Thor Love and Thunder. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. One, number one being is that I really believe in, in Taika Waititi. I think that he is a really phenomenal director. He's done a lot of really good work. If you've not seen uh, some of his other work, um, highly recommend uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, highly recommend, uh, which is a story about uh, vampires living together in a loft. And it's very funny and it's very goofy, but also has some nice nice uh, grounding moments in that story. Uh, I would also recommend, highly recommend uh, his movie Jojo Rabbit. I think that that movie, the way it deals with themes of fascism and themes of, um, themes of loving one another, I think is really, really good and really, really interesting. So would highly recommend that. And then of course, you know, Thor Ragnarok I thought was a really fun and good movie but upon watching Thor Love is Thunder it's even like kind of tainted my thoughts about Thor Ragnarok a little bit uh, that's how that's how it's affected me now I think I think what what it is about Love and Thunder that I have a really hard time with is that it did it's kind of like I'm I'm comparing it a little bit to Eternals in some ways where it has a lot of potential narratively and it just doesn't really capitalize on 
on that potential. And the other thing that I felt like it had a big issue with is it had a real pacing problem. Whereas a movie like Eternals, uh, just like comparatively speaking, uh, Eternals is a movie that I felt had pacing problems in the fact that it was very slow and it didn't really get to the point of its message, right? Whereas Thor Love and Thunder... I feel is incredibly fast. Like it's so incredibly quick. So much happens in the span of this movie and it just it just needs a little bit of time to breathe and needs a little bit of time to take itself seriously and to really captivate on uh some of its themes that it's going for and it just it doesn't work for me. Now, as far as performances go, as far as like the actors go, I felt that I felt that Gore uh played by Christian Bale was actually oh, he was okay for what he was in there for. A lot of people are like praising his uh, performance, but for me, it's it's tough to really praise it because he was just in the movie so little. Like you could tell that he was trying to go for a little bit more gravitas with the story, but it just didn't it just didn't have enough time to really work uh, work on that. It felt like he was almost in a different movie. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know, is having a great time playing uh, the character of Thor. It's very fun to see him in this role. Natalie Portman uh, felt a little bit, a little bit out of place in the Marvel kind of in this Marvel like fun house, if you will, and it ju- it definitely showed. I feel like. I feel like if it was like a little bit again, like if it was a little more serious, that it could have worked. And so with that, I don't know if I could really talk more about the story uh, without going into a little bit more spoilers because I do. I feel like the movie didn't really market itself like uh, as well um, to like yeah, I don't know like to really go into what what it is I don't like about the film without without going into it. So uh, let's just let's go ahead and start. So the movie is starts off with Thor like hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy and and it just kind of it. It's just kind of like a sequence of events that happens. Like he's hanging out with the Guardians, and then very early on in the movie, they both decide to part ways. He then he then ends up meeting up with his girlfriend uh, Jane Foster, and she is actually dying of terminal four cancer. And to me, this is where the big problem with the movie comes in: is that like the way it's treated in the film, it feels a little too jokey for me. Like it's like she's literally dying of a disease that that millions of people have died from and it the way the movie treats it it's like you know like jane's like ah oh, you know like this won't get me down yada yada it's just like why 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 can't you take yourself seriously phil like like it is okay to sit in sadness and sorrow but the movie has no time for that um we meet gore a little bit earlier in the film his whole story which i thought was actually kind of interesting is that he was a devout follower of this one god but unfortunately all his people have died uh, along with his daughter and he ends up meeting the god and uh, that is like that he's worshipped, and he's kind of goofy, but whatever. Uh, he he ends up killing him with the necro sword, uh, which is like this this sword that gives him the ability to kill gods, and that's kind of like the whole conflict is he's going around killing different gods and stuff like that. And what I didn't like about it, the story either, is that it didn't really show Gore as like a threat on that level. Like there's a bunch of different gods that 
Thor Gore ends up killing. Uh, but it's done off screen. There's not a lot of like really big moments for him to shine uh, as far as um, as far as like big villainous moments. Like at least with Hela in Thor Ragnarok, there's like a couple big scenes that showed off just how powerful that she was and how really Thor stood no chance. Whereas with Gore, like it, it we never got to spend any amount of time seeing how much of a badass he was. <laughs> and to me, that really that really was to the film's detriment. And he did he did deal with interesting themes. I mean, the there's kind of this interesting theme of religion with Gore's character and how like he lives in a universe where gods are real and how that can kind of really conflict with like the religious ideologies. And I thought that would have been really interesting um, to explore. And the story kind of explores it with Gore, but it doesn't really explore it all that well with with Thor, right? Like if you're going to have a character, um, if you're going to have two characters oppose one another, they have to have like opposing views. And it feels to me that Gore has this really strong view about the gods and about killing gods. And Thor is just kind of like doing his own thing. <laughs> it doesn't really feel like there's a much emotional stakes uh, for Thor in the movie. And for that reason, I felt that the conflict between the two of them, even though even in the third act, which was a little bit better than the rest of the movie, it didn't really hit that well because it's not like Thor really cares about the other gods. In fact, he nearly kills Zeus <laughs> because Zeus is being a scumbag, which kind of proves Gore's point. And like there's just there's no emotional stakes at the end of the movie for Thor for Thor's character. And it really, it really hampers the movie down. It was disappointing. It was, it was kind of sad, and it kind of, it, it really does elevate some of the issues I have with the MCU uh, moving forward. Is that there is no clear direction, right? It feels like, it feels like the MCU uh, since since Endgame has kind of been throwing stuff at the wall, right? They really want to do this multiverse thing. Uh, really want to make that work. Um, Spoiler, uh, hot take. I really did like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, <laughs> at least I had something to say. Uh, but, you know, Marvel's going in all these different directions, and it doesn't really feel like they know exactly which way to go. And it's it's a problem, but it is something... It's, it's something that um, that's a little bit outside of this movie's control, but... Uh, and is a little bit unfair to judge it by, but I feel like it's something that I wanted to bring up when talking about this movie. Um, as far as other media that I'm consuming, uh, I've been consuming so, so much One Piece. Uh, I talked about One Piece a little bit in my last in my last uh, podcast, but it is just, like, as I continue to watch it, it is just consistently surprises me and consistently becomes better. Now, I was thinking about uh, talking about like long form media versus short form media, and that's something I want to talk about a little bit later. But I really, I just wanted to kind of like fanboy on One Piece for a bit. Now, what's good about One Piece right now is that it is streaming on Netflix. There's, uh, I believe, ten seasons of One Piece currently on Netflix, and when I say ten seasons, I mean like three hundred episodes of One Piece because season one uh, technically is like sixty or so episodes, which is insane. Uh, but I feel like what's good about the story is that I will admit it is a very goofy is a very goofy tale of a pirate that is made of rubber going out and collecting other weird pirates and you know all all of them exploring like the ocean and fighting other weird pirates like it is very goofy but I feel what what's been surprising me the most about the story is that it is 
it is surprisingly grounded in a lot of different ways. Like we talked a little bit about Sanji and his story with the chef on last week's episode, but there's like another there's like another episode that I really enjoyed where it was about it was about another crewmate whose name is Chopper, and Chopper is kind of the mascot character. Like, if you've never like watched anime, like every once in a while they have a character that is specifically there to be like this cutesy kind of character, right? And what's cool about Chopper is that Chopper is not only is he a mascot character, but he also has like these different transformations, so he could turn into this like big burly monster. And he's like, uh, the way I describe Chopper is that he's like this little reindeer with this cute little red hat with like a little X on it, and um, he has like a very high pitch voice you know i can't do a high pitch voice right now i'm in the this, this studio but uh he and uh he has this dream of becoming a doctor and his whole story his whole backstory in the show is just so good and it made me cry on multiple occasions <laughs> like on, on so, like i've never cried so like I, it, like it takes a lot for me to cry during media or like consuming media right because you see it you see it all you see all these all the time right you see like these cliches you see you hear the music swelling up and you're just like uh like whatever right but with one piece like it tackles its subjects in such sincerity and with such kindness and with such like depth that for whatever reason when that when that sad pirate music starts playing it just it wells me up and the thing that really got to me in this in this scene was that chopper has this mentor uh who is a doctor because chopper himself wants to become a doctor and the doctor ends up giving chopper this uh this speech or he gives this like final speech right before he dies uh where he where he's about to get shot by uh some evil bad guys and he says well what really kills a man is it is it getting shot is it um it's it's not when you get shot it's not when it's not when you get poisoned it's not when it's not when um you you become utterly obliterated no like the only time that somebody truly dies is when you're forgotten and i have lived an exceptional life and that to me it it really it really hit me it really it really hurt like i was so devastated and i cried so hard <laughs> during, during this scene and it really it really got to me in a way and so right now where i'm at with one piece is i'm about to hit the 100 episode mark which means i'm about 10% done with this story and it has been quite the journey. Like, I feel like I've experienced so much, and yet I feel like there's still so much to explore. Like, the world building in One Piece 2 is just, like, so great, where, like, you feel you feel like it is an endless, a world of endless possibilities. And it's not something I've felt in a story in quite some time, where, where I felt like the world is fully realized it's real, it's tangible, and it's something that I can I can live in, right? Uh, for example, I mean, I think the only other examples of stories I felt this way about is maybe is maybe Harry Potter, but even then, there's still like some dumb things I question in Harry Potter. Uh, granted, there's like a million dumb things in in One Piece, but like it has its own like internal logic, right? And so. I don't know. All that to say this, I mean, if you want to watch One Piece with me, uh, I would highly recommend it. Uh, you would have to catch up quite significantly. Uh, again, I'm like at episode 92. I'm about to enter Alabasta, which I'm super excited for. It's this whole story arc that's been building and building and building uh, for the show uh, for so long. 
Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully you, uh, more people will watch One Piece based on this recommendation. Uh, I definitely need to expand my uh, media outlets and stuff like that. There's some, there's certain things I want to talk about. I think next week what we'll talk about is we'll talk about uh, the storytelling in reality television because uh, reality TV is something that I'm super passionate about and that I love. And the thing about reality TV is that it does it does present a narrative, and I kind of want to figure out. Uh, talk uh, figure out a way to talk about that and comparing specifically to shows in survivor and in big brother and i think there's an interesting conversation that you and i can have about that so anyway again uh this is the story they tell if you want to support the show you can follow me at david shire if you want to ask questions or want to uh, pitch different shows that i need to watch uh, to talk about um i would highly recommend it uh, if you want to follow us on patreon uh, you can follow us at or you want to help support the show in that way uh, it's patreon at the story they tell and other than that uh keep telling your story